Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. My uncle used to serve in the police department when my aunt attempted suicide. She was under a lot of stress and pressure. The troubles, they just released a lot of inmates. So there was uh, pressures that she was under. And my uncle has a gun. When he was out serving, she took the gun. And literally, I don't know how clear you want me to be with the list. Be as clear as possible. So she, she took the gun to her head. She blew off part of her nose, her eye. Part of the bullet went right through through her brain. So my my wow. parents went back uh, knowing the survival rate was incredibly low. The doctors said uh, she's going to be off support. She's going to be dead um, within a few days. And uh, my aunt is all bandaged up. She's, she's really, as you said, Sean, she's in a coma. And my mom, she simply uh, says to my aunt, Heather, I don't know if you can hear me but Jesus loves you. And at that moment, Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby, your host. Thank you so much. It's been a bit since we've had an episode come out and I'm so excited to be back in the saddle. Sometimes I take a little bit of a break during the summer, but hey, I'm excited to be back here with you guys. If you haven't listened in a while, I'd encourage you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes that you may have missed need to catch up on um i just believe some of these chats we've been having have been absolutely incredible and packed with truth to help your leadership in the marketplace and so i want to say welcome don't forget to rate review subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel if you aren't there yet go to supernatural leadership on youtube subscribe there these videos come out uh, you know, every once in a while, and even older ones that you've never seen before will come out and pop up there every once in a while as well. So please get to that YouTube site and uh, lock in with us there as well. Well, today we have another amazing guest, friend of mine, someone that I've known for quite some time and even most recently got to reconnect with. And his name is uh, is Pastor Jonathan Hutchinson. And a little bit about his bio before I bring him on. He has served in ministry for over 20 years. He has a heart to see the body of Christ released into their full potential, living lives that change their family, cities, and the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jonathan has actually planted many churches, served internationally in missions, and is currently the lead pastor at Parkway Church in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Jonathan is married and has three wonderful children. Pastor Jonathan, welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey, How you doing? Man, Sean, so excited to be with you today. This is good. So good to have you, man. I know that we recently connected at a at a, a camp for a bunch of ministers and pastors and our kids hung out and it was a great time. And man, just, just chatting with you again. And I know we hadn't chatted in a while, probably. I mean, I know you moved away to England and you were doing some mission stuff out there in England, which... Maybe you'll talk about it at some point, maybe not. Um, and you've kind of been all around. And I know we first met when you were living in my city of Ottawa. It was once your city. Yeah. Now you're living not in a new city. Anymore. Not, not mine yours anymore. anymore. But people don't know this about, about Jonathan, and maybe you don't pick it up from his English accent, but he's actually 
Irish, born in Ireland, and he refuses to speak in his Irish accent on this podcast. So sorry to all the listeners out there that wanted to hear a real deal Irishman talk. But hey, man, like this is a supernatural leadership podcast and you have a supernatural leadership story and Uh, bring us into a little bit about that. Tell us about your background, your your birth and and the beautiful country of Ireland. Uh, I've had the privilege of being there. Part of my family's from there as well. And um, yeah. Yeah, let's just let's dive man, in, man. Tell it, us a little bit about beautiful. your journey. I mean, we love potatoes. We love to eat potatoes. We love sheep. <laughs> That's we awesome, love to man. throw bricks. And and probably, too, like most people are familiar with the conflict. And uh, it was there for a long time. And obviously, I was just, you're born into it. Everybody in the 90s, late 80s, you're born into conflict. And um, it was one of the reasons my family moved to Canada, like so many others. uh, If you could get out, you tried any way to get out. And so God opened this door uh, to bring our family to Canada. My dad had a great job, but everything in the conflict zone or what they call the troubles that went on for over 30 years, uh, it was a part of life. Like I remember growing up and... um, and you would be for some things and against others. And uh, I remember being a little boy and I wore the wrong soccer jersey. So someone ripped it off of me. Wow. Uh, because as a Man. certain part of the community, you couldn't identify with anybody from another part or a different community. So between Protestant and Catholic. And so for me as a Protestant wow. to wear a Catholic Celtic of Scotland football jersey, you, yeah. So because you, so because you identified with the wrong team, totally. It's kind of yeah. like how it is right now in this culture, right? People identify you really identify yeah. with yeah. what society says is yeah. bad or you know wrong. Yeah, you're you're ostracized. You're you you are you are you know deemed someone who is alienating people or being divisive. That's crazy. The wrong soccer team. That's wild. Wrong soccer team. I remember taking Tara when her and I were first dating, she hadn't seen big machine guns and soldiers on the streets and military police style cars. And uh, when you grow up, even when you're in a conflict zone, sometimes it even becomes normal, right? The dysfunction of things can sometimes become normal and you accept it. But Coming to Canada is so different. You could breathe. Um, people could talk to one another. And so, yeah, I moved at 10 and then uh, about 16, like a real significant effect, uh, impact happened, Sean, that really changed my life. Yeah. And I want you, I want you to dive into that because that's that's one of the yeah. things that really stood out to me in our conversation. It like was so powerful. You had this wild, I mean, this is a supernatural leadership podcast. So you know, one of the things we love to do on this podcast and these episodes is share supernatural stories that inspire our leadership because it doesn't matter where supernatural things happen. We just know that God is supernatural and he wants to invade every area of our life. So whether this, you know, affects your, you know, job at your government place of employment or whatever, or wherever you work in whatever field you work in, education, family, music, entertainment, wherever you work, wherever your career path is like these stories, if you allow them to have the ability to inspire your faith and even like mobilize you to believe for these things to happen in your field of work. So Mm. tell us a little bit about that. Cause at 16, you weren't like, where were you at with like what you believed? Did you believe that there was a God? Did you? Yeah. 
I grew up in a great home, Sean. They love God, but like being in Canada, I mean, you could do anything you want here, um, different culture. And so like, I would still go to church, but wasn't engaged in any really deep relationship with God. I, I would say I was a Christian, but my heart had moved from there. And uh, so that's where I was at 16. And I'll never forget the call that my dad received saying that my aunt, um, there had been an accident and they needed to go right away back to Belfast. Um, and so here we are with no family in Canada and the church sends me to this camp called Lakeshore Camp at 16. Sean, it was the last place I wanted to be. I'd like soccer tournaments. I was really engaged in soccer throughout Ontario. And I was actually upset initially at having to go there. Wow. Um, and so at this camp, um, you know, I, I find in a further conversation that my aunt had attempted suicide. And so my parents wow. were going back for a funeral. And so it was a really complex situation. And so I was confronted with eternal questions. I was confronted. And I remember being second row at the back in the tabernacle. And I felt the presence of God for the first time in my life just shower on me and really convict me of what I'm doing with my life, where, where I'm at with Jesus in my life. And I don't remember this, but apparently just in tears, I went right up to the altar and just laid down. And um, after that, I mean, the Holy Spirit began to move in a lot of people, but I, I felt like fire cleanse wow. me, like a, a new river come in. And, and at that time, I felt a call to serve God. Like wow. it's where I felt the audible voice of God for the first time in my life. And so... God has like changed me at this altar because in my mind, my aunt has died. She's gone to heaven and like it confronted. So with at me. this point though, what like details have you actually got? So you're, you're in this, like the sort of this spiritual camp, this church camp yeah. or whatever you're having this encounter. Oh, you get the news. But what I had details was you that know? my aunt attempted suicide and that my parents are going back for a funeral. So, wow. okay. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling now with like, you know, where am I at with God? Like life and death are Got real. It. I didn't think about that much as a teenager. And so that was the only detail I had. And I was there for like a whole week and my parents were supposed to come back. Like a funeral normally happens uh, pretty quickly, you know, within a yeah. week that they were to come back. But Sean, when I got back from the camp, they weren't home. And I was like, all right, uh, where are mom and dad there? They were still in Ireland. They were still in Belfast. Wow. And you're 16, uh, so you're like alone. Like, what's the deal? You come home to an empty house? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the church kind of provided me meals. and Before like the it, cell phones it, existed, right? So they couldn't yeah, call you yeah. on your cell phone, text you, exactly. hey, we're staying in an extra couple of days. Yeah. You know, it was like the old, like, dial-up ones, right? right you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, my mom told me why they hadn't come home yet. And, Sean, it was nothing. It's... uh a moment I'll never forget hearing the story of what happened to my aunt and what my mom and dad just did. My my mom is a teacher, so she taught as a teacher and she's a mother. My dad is a nuclear engineer, uh, so they are like professional people. Uh, they're very like rational people. Um, it's very studied right. people. Right. Um, Let's just qualify and, that before the next part of the story comes, right? <laughs> yeah. So like they're going back for the funeral. So 
my mom describes to me like when they're back in Belfast, because my uncle used to serve in the police department, my um, when my aunt attempted suicide. So, Sean, what happened was uh, she was under a lot of stress and pressure, the troubles. They just um, released a lot of inmates. And so there was uh, pressures that she was under. And um, my my uncle has a gun when he was out serving. She took the gun. And literally, I don't know how how clear you want me to be with the list. Be as clear as possible. So she she took the gun to her head. And so what happened was in taking the gun to her head, she she blew off part of her nose, her eye and and part of the bullet went right through her brain. So my my wow. parents went back yeah. and that was a situation that my dad went back to be with wow. his brother with and uh, knowing the survival rate was incredibly low. The doctors said uh, she's going to be off support. She's going to be dead um, within a few days. Wow. So, so she was um, in a coma at this point. Or she's in a, in a coma. She's like in an induced yeah. coma. And um, they have some of the best uh, doctors for bullet wounds in all of the UK, in Northern Ireland, because so many soldiers and police officers and even terrorists, like bullets were, were everywhere where I grew up. And so they had some Can great- Can I just ask a quick question? So yeah. just for like, for, for context sake, so- I mean, it sounds to me like she must have been going through a lot of stuff. She to was come to that yeah. place. Like it, it must have not just been a couple, like a little bit of pressure. Right. Like, were there other things that were happening around her life beyond just like the tension of what she was living in? Yeah. So like the tension of what she was living in was that when certain people that my uncle would have uh, had to deal with as part of the troubles were being released as political prisoners and so, wow. unfortunately, some of those names were leaked out. Um, and so these former terrorists were going after these families, intimidating them, uh, putting gunfire through the house and so forth. So my aunt was feeling that pressure wow. and, um, and and just going through, yeah, probably feeling a depression and a hopelessness in life that, that my uncle at that time knew nothing about. Like he, he loved her so well. And it was a shock to all of us. Like wow, Auntie Heather did this. She was always so friendly and so happy, but uh, she was really struggling inside. And um, so that 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 was the context, Sean. And so my mom and dad get to the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast and they're under armed military protection. They're taking into the room. And uh, my aunt is all bandaged up. She's, she's really, so, as you said, Sean, she's in a coma. And the nurses were explaining to my dad, my dad is best friends with my uncle Leonard and explaining to uncle Leonard, listen, um, we're putting in chemicals. They're going to help prepare her body that as she's outside of a coma, as we take off the life support, she's not going to be with, with you much longer. Uh, so my mom is in the room with my dad when this happens. And so my dad is going out with my uncle to console him. And my mom, who is a teacher, and um, she simply uh, says to my aunt, Heather, I don't know if you can hear me, but Jesus loves you. Wow. And I don't know if you can hear me, but he he has a home for you. And she she just said really two or three simple statements. But the key statement was, Heather, Jesus loves you. And at that moment, she was completely bandaged, Sean. But her one eye wasn't bandaged. 
And so my aunt flicked her eye open and my mom, <laughs> my mom literally screamed. My mother screamed. And That's crazy. Uh, yeah. She just flicked her eye open. She screamed. She ran to get the doctor and the doctor said, you know, she's had major brain um, trauma. Half of her brain is actually gone. This is probably a reflex because she doesn't have control over situations. And Sean, I don't know about you, but I've witnessed that too with people at end of life. And so that's what the doctor explained. And he said, Angela, watch this. Heather, if you can hear me blink once, he's like, you know, she's not going to have control. If you can hear me blink twice. And all of a sudden, when the doctor asked her to blink twice, what did she do? Sean, she blinked twice. That is crazy. You know? Hey, pause, a little commercial break. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you and you're wanting to take your supernatural leadership to the next level, visit supernaturalleadership.com and join one of our on-demand courses. It is going to change the game. So many amazing testimonies already have come out of people over the years taking this course content. I want to encourage you, sign up today. We have a special offer for you. And as well, if you want to go even deeper and take your leadership to the next level, I would encourage you. And maybe you've already thought about this before, but getting a coach, a one-on-one -on -one mentor. Well, I have an opportunity that I want to invite you into with myself, one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching. It may be a short time or even a longer time. We have many different co coaching packages that we offer. And I want to encourage you to consider this today. I believe it will take your leadership to the next level. Dream interpretation, growing in your discipleship, growing in the word, maybe even preparation for you for vocational ministry and bringing the supernatural into every sphere of society. I want to encourage you today, click the link in the description, fill out the survey, and we'll see if coaching is a good fit for you. And and so... Okay, okay wait, wait, guys, I got to pause this for a second. Okay, so just to, for, for a rewind of context for those that maybe, because sometimes we miss details. So yeah. here's your aunt. She attempts suicide. She blows a bullet through her nose, through her eyeball, through her yeah. brain, yeah. goes into a coma, is on life support. There's no sign of life or activity. Yeah, no Until brain the activity. moment, your mom, this logical school teacher, which probably has, in that moment, not a lot of faith right. for a miracle. Maybe she's never even seen a miracle before in her life. Right. Says the words, Jesus loves you. Her one eyeball. This is like a movie. Yeah. Almost like a scary movie, not to like make light of yeah. this, but that's kind of scary. That's why she screamed. Yeah. One eyeball opens up. Yeah. The doctors don't believe it because they think it's a reflex. They go back and then now she's blinking her eye on command. That is wild. She she's blinking. <laughs> and and this was nothing that no one expected. Like medically, there had been no brain activity for over 24 hours. And I think at that time in history, that's what they gauged it on. And um her her trauma to her face was really bad and so they gave no hope and um but when when she moved her eyes on you know obviously they took notice of that and the fact that she was coherent and they couldn't understand that with a, a large portion of her brain not physically in her body how she could be processing uh the things that she was processing that so that cool. that changed everything so my mom told me this and you know i'm on the phone i'm in bowmanville ontario she's in belfast northern ireland 
And um, wow, I can't believe him. Like my aunt is alive. Like she is not dead. She's alive. And and they said that she would live if she was lucky. She would live um, one year, maybe two. And Sean, I'm now 42. It was 16, and she is still alive. She's seen insane. her children get married. Uh, her, my uncle, and her are still married, and it's uh, a radical story. And she loves Jesus. Wow. She has come to know Jesus, and um, you know, there's been limitations in her life there have been things like when she's had to have an artificial eye she had to have reconstructive face surgery but she works two days a week um and she has had a functioning life for over 25 years that the doctors said should be impossible and so uh, it, it's amazing and through that my cousins uh kelly glenn they've come to faith in jesus um, it, they had to process some natural questions of like, mom, why, why, like, why'd you do this? Like there were some big questions and, and sometimes yeah. my aunt, you know, she's, she's different in some ways, like noticeably different, but she is like a walking, talking miracle and she loves the Lord. She loves my uncle and my uncle loves her. And I think anyone that knows her said, you know, it's it's amazing. And the doctors didn't give a chance with those words that my mom shared. But you're right, Sean. My mom did not expect that to happen when she said, Heather, Jesus loves you. Like yeah. she didn't, she wasn't praying in the spirit for 30 minutes or fasting. She just simply said those words, Heather, Jesus loves you. And the, her eye opened. So how did that mark you? Like, how did that mark, well, number one, your mom and your dad? logical practical whatever teachers engineer yeah and then you like as a 16 year old like this was on the heels of right encounter you had just had and that's often i feel like what happens like when we first are in the honeymoon stage of our relationship with jesus it's like it tends to be like a lot of amazing moments saturated into one short time to almost cement our faith in god and then we'll go through a season where it may not be as like crazy yeah. And we're like living out our faith and we're not walking by sight. But I often yeah. find the beginning stages of our relationship with God. It's like God gives us a lot of things to see, a lot of mm-hmm. sight. Like we see a lot of things yeah, to kind of strengthen the, the newfound faith. And that yeah. must have been what happened to you and your family. Totally. Like, I mean, um, my my dad is a Baptist man. So like he he like Pentecostal supernatural power of God. This is all new to my dad. He didn't even think that miracles existed. He thought that they stopped when the Bible was written. So like it changed his world and openness. Um, my mom definitely uh, was really impacted. She was actually shaking because she didn't know what was happening or how could this even be possible? Like, and for me, I mean, I'm like, this is the power of God. I've just sensed the Holy spirit fill me. I've heard the voice of God and, everybody all the time can be healed, you know? And I'm, I'm getting, like you said, Sean, like words of knowledge as a 16 year old for my friends in high school. Like I felt like a whole new dimension of life opened to me. So some of my friends that I was on the school soccer team with, and like at 16, I was like, Oh, you know, so-and-so did this happen? They're like, they used to call me Hutch. Hutch, how did you know that? And I was like, I think God, wanted you to know something so you're right at this like intense encounter and i had great pastors to help steer the passion because i 
I was quite radical. Like, you know, back in the day, I, I went from one way of living to literally wearing my WJD bracelet as I'm on the school soccer team and every tournament. And, you know, I'm like, guys, I mean, they weren't even Christians. I'm like, you've got to come to church. So, and, and really they saw the difference in my life, but you're right, Sean, it really cemented that God can work supernaturally at any moment as the wind blows and just discern that moment and to join in. And so, yeah. Would you, would you say that this miracle really is what gave you a taste for the supernatural, like in yeah. a whole new way? You know, absolutely. Like, you know, because it was something that when I went back a year later to see my aunt, like I heard the story, I felt God changed my life. But when I actually saw my aunt alive and breathing, it, it changes everything. It's like God is able, like he he actually yeah. did it. Like I, I saw the physical evidence. Like, like, and- even even that testimony alone, like, you know, we have these spikes in our faith that happen to break through limitation and like these invisible ceilings in our life. And when we have these moments that like puts us, it puts the ceiling into a, a new position of our floor. That's what often totally. happens in these spikes, right? So yeah, you totally. break through a, a, an area or a realm and then that becomes the floor. And God wants us to maintain that floor now and break through another level. And we keep growing. This is the kingdom. Yeah. We keep growing. It's a, it's a yeah. river that keeps on moving. You know, yeah. J- Jesus said it like, if you believe in me out of your belly will flow in John seven rivers of living water, not swampy water. It's moving constantly. Mm. It's life giving. And I think this is the, this is the faith journey that we're called to be on as leaders, supernatural leaders, especially that it never stops. And we never get comfortable with what is, and I, I just wonder, like, for you, like, that testimony, I know for me, when I've had moments like those, like, that's it's the greatest sort of starting point to open the door for other people to encounter Jesus. When you share a testimony, Revelation 19.10 says it's the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, of course, mm-hmm. every prophetic word at the core of it, the spirit is Jesus, and we want to focus on the author at the same time, every time we testify of who Jesus is, we prophesy that it can happen to you. It happened to me. It can happen to you. And so you're going back to your school. I mean, you said it. You started getting words of knowledge. Like, were you sharing this story like with people? Yeah. And like, how do they yeah. respond? I didn't share it with the with uh, we shared it with our church. So like our church family in Bowmanville, we shared it with them. I didn't often share the story or the specifics of it with like my classmates at school. Um, But I think like what you're sharing, Sean, is true. Like it gave me the faith to believe that the spirit can bring something at any moment uh, to bring people closer to Jesus. Like the Holy Spirit is so relevant. He knows exactly what's going on. And so I think it gave me that faith that even things that I can't expect, like the Holy Spirit's ahead of that. And, and he can work in and through situations, even when I didn't feel the greatest faith or I didn't even understand at that time, 16, 17, I now know what that what is now a word of knowledge or whatever. But at, at that point, I didn't know. I was like, God's just giving me a picture or a right. word for someone. And, and so, yeah, it was kind of fluid like that and kind of, but I had that kind of raw pursuit of just, I want to be in his presence. I, I want to be worshiping. I want to be in his presence. And and those things kind of were the overflow of just really being passionate to seek God. And, wow. and I think that's something in my life, like, I don't want to lose that passion. I don't want to lose the passion 
to be in his presence and and to go to go all out that I had because that is everything for me. That's amazing. So what do you do like as somebody who, you know, you've served in a ministry context vocationally for some time now? I know how it is, you know, very similar um, you know, you see these amazing miracles around the world. I mean, that's a good starting point. You had a wild starting point because you saw uh, a wild miracle at the very onset of your journey. Most people, they might, excuse me, have a personal encounter with God that's personal to them, but they maybe don't see like the crazy, tangible miracle early on. They progress into that maybe with seeing somebody healed or or set free from something, you know, really traumatic or whatever you saw something really early on and so how did you i mean going back to that how did you continue a pursuit yeah of seeing god do the miraculous like what did what were some of the things that you put like what did you do i guess is the the question did you were you like intentional every day to minister to people on the street or in your school or you know wherever you were like what was sort of like your pursuit like Oh, that's a good question, Sean. I think like my pursuit was, was, uh, man, you know, uh, praying and seeking the face of God. Like it sounds so easy, but I get together with some friends and we would, we would pray like with worship at the, just go for things like intercession, uh, praying for revival in, in our area of Bowmanville and, uh, praying for our school. So a lot of, I think kind of raw intercession uh, that I I still value today, 20 years later, like to take time every week and to pray over every seat that there will be a supernatural encounter for whoever will come in. It might be through me. It might be through somebody else. It doesn't have to be through me, but they will meet with Jesus. So I think that prayer, that intercession, and when I heard the voice of God, I don't know if I remember telling you this or not. I, I felt God call me to Jerusalem. And uh, and I was like, I told my youth pastor, God has spoken to me. He's called me to be a pastor. I know exactly where I'm to go. I'm going to be in Jerusalem. God wants me to go to Israel to be like a preacher. And <laughs> you're 16 saying this. I was 16. And and so he was really helpful. He's like, well, Jonathan, what else? Like, yeah, go, go, um, go to preach in Jerusalem. He's like, you know, there's actually a scripture that says, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so another thing that's helped sustain me has been like when I feel the voice of God speak to me to weigh it and to take God's counsel, his word, the Bible, and to really process that with the word of God. Because I often find like uh, what's really helpful is when I feel God speak to me, it's always going to be in agreement with his word. And so that was another really good learning lesson that I had really as kind of those mid teenage years of really getting into the word of God. So Sean today, I still love it. It's a discipline. Every, if I'm completely honest, man, there are some days I wake up and I might even forget, but like the God, you know, so many times, like 20 years, I've reading the word cover to cover so many, and it's life and honey. And, uh, man, I don't feel good if I don't have good time in the word daily. And it's just sometimes it's 10 minutes. It's reading through this set reading program I might have. And sometimes it's it's much more free flowing and organic and leads into worship. Um, but I, I I enjoy those moments. So that th- those word and prayer moments are so key to me amongst all the pressures I face, 
all, and I'm sure Sean, so many leaders face that pressure, especially in marketplace settings. You feel that pressure, but when you make room for his presence, draw close to him, there's nothing like it. And I feel wow. centered. Wow. And uh, yeah, that that's what wow. I'd say like would be not principles. Like I don't have like a particular, you know, I've done life journals. I've, I even do like book of common prayer, you know, like there's many different things that are rich in our faith, but, but spending time with him, worshiping, interceding, getting into the word. Those have been anchors for me over 20 years. Completely. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I, I just sitting here, I'm thinking there's some people listening right now. You know, we've, we've talked about the miracle of your aunt, but haven't really addressed something very, very important and that so many people listening to this have thought about suicide thought about mm -hmm. taking their life thought about it'd be a lot easier not to be here anymore mm -hmm. with all the pressures of life around them what would you say to those people i mean being so close to a situation like this and i know you've had conversations with your aunt yeah post this miracle whether she'd you know brought you into every part of her journey as to the why or the what really happened. Mm. But what would you say to those people right now that are, that have contemplated suicide, that have contemplated this taking their life? Yeah. You know what, you know, let someone know because sometimes people don't know how you are hurting and feel isolated and lonely. And it's like, sometimes I think for my aunt, she felt like suffocated by the pressure of, of everything that was going on. And, you know, sometimes, you know, with my aunt, there could have been a lot of regret. I think for suicide, it can be quite broad. We don't, it can be different for each person, but, but I think number one, like literally what my mom said, I'd say to everybody listening, Sean, Jesus loves you. He has an amazing plan, a hope in a future and his hope in future um, is, is greater than your struggle. And, and, uh, he supernaturally took my aunt out of that place for others. That supernatural step might be having the boldness to share with a loved one, going to a counselor and saying, you know, I need to talk with someone. Everything's pretty gray. It's pretty dark. It's pretty heavy. But, but I think Sean, Jesus loves every one of us with this passionate love. And, uh, he doesn't want us to go through these things alone. He doesn't want us to go through these things alone. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a, it's wild. It's absolutely wild to me to hear to hear that story, you know, and uh I just feel encouraged to encourage every listener out there. You may be facing an impossible situation like Jonathan did or Jonathan's parents did with you know, seeing their sister, Jonathan's aunt, in a coma, about to die, no hope. The doctors have given up. Everyone's given up. Logically, it is impossible. You may be in a situation like that. Maybe it's with hmm. your business. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with a sick loved one. I don't know what your impossible situation is, but so many listening are facing one of those situations. Hmm. And you just don't know. You could be one word away from a breakthrough. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, in, in Jonathan's aunt's situation, it was Jesus loves you. She was one, the aunt was one word away from her spiritual eyes opening up. Yeah. And her physical eye literally opening up. Like yeah. you could be one word away. You just don't know. And I would encourage everybody to never give up mm. to to keep believing till the very end of whatever it is that you're facing. You you there might be like a near death moment happening right now in your life and you're like should we just pull the plug don't pull the plug because you don't know what god is going to do because god is in the business of doing miracles this is a supernatural leadership podcast and the only way you take your leadership from principle led to presence led is to position yourself in a place to be open for the presence of god to do the very thing that you feel is impossible because God is the God of the impossible. And so I want to encourage everyone out there to, to think this way in this next season. And I just believe so many things that you think are dead or about to die are going to wake up. In fact, that's the word for the season. It's John 11, 11. Jesus said, my friend Lazarus is asleep. I now go to wake him up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so many of us, we have sleeping things that look dead, but to God, what looks dead to us is simply just sleeping. And it's, we are one word away from a major breakthrough and for God to resurrect the very thing that everyone else has said is dead, pronounced as dead. Yeah. And uh, I, my encouragement, don't give up. That's why Hebrews 11 even is so inspiring because these people, they, they believe to the end and they didn't even see, you know, how much more to the disciples who did see, like the, the people that, that we celebrate as the heroes of faith. They have a good reputation, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, because they died not yet seeing, but mm -hmm. they died believing. And I would rather die, go into my grave, believing for the impossible than to come to God one day and said, yeah, I just gave up on a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's that. I wouldn't want that. And Why? I don't think God wants that for you. So He's hope that here. encourages everyone listening. And Jonathan, thank you so much for jumping on this podcast with me and and sharing that story and man i'm so inspired i know so many people are blown away at that uh well if you ever come to belfast uh have fish and chips with my aunt well i've been to belfast but yeah. next time now that i know the story yeah, yeah. maybe i will yeah maybe i'll I will. introduce you to her and she does have a legit accent unlike me <laughs> awesome one day i'll get you yeah. to talk in the accent i know it one day yeah. one we'll day. see yeah well thank you so much and thank you so much for listening to our supernatural leadership podcast Remember, I believe everybody has a leader within. So let's make that leader a little more supernatural. Until next time, Sean Gaby here. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll come at you next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way. We are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost. And our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.